Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bizfluencer podcast. I'm your host, Donata White. I am a content and social media marketing expert, and I'm also the CEO of Coffee Date Media. We're a social media marketing agency here in North Carolina. And we skipped an episode last week because we have an amazing series coming over the next few episodes about fear. Now, why are we talking about fear on an entrepreneurship podcast? To me, it's something that every entrepreneur experiences, and it can have some wacky effects on our decision-making and our action-taking in our businesses. And I think that people don't talk about it enough in the entrepreneurship space, at least in a way that allows people to move past it practically. You know, you always see all of these quotes online about fear, about how fear means you're going in the right direction, about how overcoming your fear or moving through it is the only way to success. And at this point, I think those graphics that you see on Instagram are the equivalent of those motivational quotes on cat posters. Like, I don't think anyone sees these and stops experiencing fear just because they see these quotes. I think they probably don't even react to fear differently after seeing these quotes, honestly. So instead, I thought what we could do is really take some time to understand what fear is and proactively understand what it's doing to our brains and our businesses so we can set up our own measures to kind of deal with it. And I think that all starts with learning what fear is and what sort of podcast host would I be if I didn't immediately go to the dictionary definition. The Webster dictionary definition of fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. There's a couple things in there I want us to pay attention to. Number one, fear is an emotion. And we'll talk about this later, but fear is not a fact. Fear is an emotion that you're experiencing. It is also unpleasant and strong. And we tend to avoid or want to quickly stop strong, unpleasant experiences. And that's why fear is such a big deal for business owners. But it is unpleasant and it is very strong. So that is something we also need to be aware of. And the last thing I want us to pay attention to, because this is really important, you can experience fear in response to the anticipation or awareness of danger. The presence of actual danger is not a necessity to feeling fear. You can feel the emotion without there actually being any danger to you. So that is something, again, that I think is very important in our discussion around fear, because a lot of times when we experience fear, it's not that there is actually any danger to us, to our businesses, to our finances, to our well-being. It's that we think there might be. And if we can pinpoint the difference between those two things, I think we'll be a lot better off. Now that we know the definition of fear and a few points about what I think is important about fear and to know about fear. What is it meant to do? So let's talk about what fear is actually there for. Because at this point in our ultra modern human experience that has far surpassed what was available in the caveman days, fear kind of just seems like a detriment. It doesn't seem like anything that's helping us. But if you look back at the biological reasons humans developed this fear response, you can kind of understand why it's there. According to National Geographic, they had this video posted online that I watched a little bit earlier when I was doing the research for this podcast. And they were talking about fear and anxiety. And they framed it this way, that fear is a response to an immediate threat, whereas anxiety is the response to a possibility of threat or a looming threat when we're trying to assess how likely the threat is and how severe it might be. Evolutionarily speaking, fear and anxiety bring about a physiological hypervigilance response, which is an adaptive trait. So for an example, research published in 2013 by the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States 
Our vision as humans has actually evolved to rapidly identify snakes. Isn't that interesting? Snakes have been a threat to humans <laughs> since the dawn of time. They've been biting and injecting venom into people since before you could probably even call us humans. So our vision has evolved to identify snakes, and we're not the only animal that does this. A lot of primates also can visually, in parts of their brain, neurologically identify snakes just before they're even consciously aware that there's a snake in their presence. So it initiates a fear response before you even notice that there's an actual snake. Before you can even consciously register the presence of that threat, your neurological system has already responded to it. So whether there's a snake or whether you're trying to take a risk in your business, a very similar physiological response happens. And here's what happens when you're afraid. The amygdala in your brain, it's a part of your brain, alerts your nervous system of the threat and that releases stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. Okay, so your stress hormones have gone out throughout your whole nervous system. Blood pressure and heart rate increase. The peripheral blood vessels, like on your skin, at your extremities, they constrict. So that means that less blood flow is going all the way out to the ends of your body, and more of it is staying inside near the vital organs. And that's what happens when you read about people turning white as if they've seen a ghost. Well, that's a fear response. The blood vessels in your skin constrict, your skin turns white in response to that. And then the blood vessels in your muscles and vital organs, things that you're gonna need, dilate and get pumped up with oxygenated blood, ready to act. So the glucose levels in the blood spike, meaning there's an available source of energy for you. You can also experience dry mouth. Your pupils can dilate to let in more light. You can experience sort of a tunnel vision response, reduced or selective hearing. So if you've ever been afraid or nervous or anxious and you kind of hyper-focus on one thing and the whole rest of the world disappears, that's what's happening. That is a physical response to fear that your body has become evolved to initiate. Your whole body responds in a way that allows you to hyper-focus and respond to the threat or the perceived threat. Your body immediately gets ready for fight or flight. You've all heard that before. As soon as you experience fear. And that's wonderful. This is an adaptation that humans developed as an advantage back in the caveman days or even before then. And it's okay for short-term threats, like very acute instances, like a panther stalking you in the jungle. It is wonderful <laughs> in that instance. But these days, in modern times, especially in business, the threats or the perceived threats in your life are extended. There's not one single moment of the possibility that your business might fail or one single moment where you're taking a risk by running your own business, that's not going away. That's literally every single moment you're running a business, right? That's not a panther jumping out of the jungle to eat you. That is an extended long-term stressor. And that's not something that our nervous systems were evolved to respond to. And when we do experience long-term extended stress like that, Here's what happens inside of our brains. It actually affects the way we run our businesses. And this goes back to that video that Nat Geo posted. They explain that the neurons in the amygdala, which is that fear response center of your brain, become more developed. And those neurons in the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's responsible for reasoning and decision-making, well, those neurons actually wither back a little bit and, and become less developed. So over time, when you are flooded with these stress hormones and anxious over a long period of time or experiencing fear over an extended period of time, you have stronger responses to real or perceived threats and you actually are less regulated during those times by rational thought. 
So not only does your fear response get more acute and stronger, you are also less able to regulate that fear response with the rational part of your brain. So you become more emotional and less rational during times when you're experiencing stress. And again, as a business owner, that's pretty much all the time. So it does affect your decision-making and how you actually run your business. Because if you are stressed out all the time and responding in a way that is fearful, you're not using the prefrontal cortex or the rational part of your brain. You're using a whole different system of your body. And here's how that affects you as a business owner. First of all, being fearful all the time doesn't make your business feel good. It does not feel good to run a business when you are anxious 100% of the time. You're missing out on enjoying great experiences in your business because you're experiencing fear instead. And again, fear is very strong. We learned that in the definition. Fear is a strong emotion and it can overpower other emotions that you might be feeling. You could also be feeling very happy or proud of yourself in your business, but if you're also feeling fear, fear is a very strong emotion with a very strong physical response attached to it. And it could overpower any positive experiences you might be having. And it also, again, affects your decision-making, which can harm the growth of your business. If you're allowing fear to creep in when it's time to make decisions or when it's time to assess risk in your business, your assessment of that risk is going to be incorrect because you're going to be responding again with a system of your body that is not meant to make those decisions. So now we know what fear does, but how do we deal with it? How do we work with it? I think one of the first things we need to do is identify the sources of fear, because if you can identify the source, you can identify what you can do to alleviate or to fix that problem. The Harvard Business Review actually studied entrepreneurs and pinpointed several sources of fear that all of them experienced. They did this big study where they interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs about fear in entrepreneurship specifically, so exactly what we're talking about today, and they were able to put all of their fears into these following categories. Financial security, ability to fund the venture or to fund the business, personal ability slash self-esteem, so fears relating to one's personal ability to run the business or one's self-esteem, one's vision of oneself, the potential of the idea, the threats to social esteem, meaning the threats to how other people perceive them, the venture's ability to execute, meaning the business's ability to execute on all the ideas and plans that they did have, and opportunity costs. What are they missing out on because they're operating this business instead of doing something else? So those are the categories of fears that the Harvard Business Review identified in their study of all these entrepreneurs. And they actually found that there were categories of effects depending on the source of the fear. And I read between the lines a little bit, and I think I've clarified it a little bit because it seemed as if there were two larger categories of fear. If the fear was of something behind you, fear actually acted as a motivator for the entrepreneurs to keep going. And it actually spurred better action and more action. But if the fear was of something in front of you, that is when it resulted in bad decision-making and paralysis. So let me explain a little bit more. The HBR found that worries concerning opportunity costs, personal financial security, or ability to obtain funding for the venture were all positively associated with an entrepreneur's persistence in pursuing their goals. That's the fear of something behind you. The fear of something chasing you is a really good motivator to run. <laughs> so fear of something behind you, this category also includes... Fear of spending your future the same way you spent your past. That's a big motivator for a lot of you. 
fear of spending the rest of your working years the same way you spent the first part. Fear of not having sufficient funds to fund your lifestyle. That's a big one. That's a big one that's sort of behind you. It's chasing you. On the other hand, fear that elicits a lot of analysis, forward-looking fear, fear of something that's potential or in front of you. That's the sort of fear that the HBR found was associated with a lot of negative effects. And that's things like fears around personal ability, potential of the idea, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of judgment, fear of uncertainty. All of those were associated with negative effects like paralysis or inaction. You're analyzing so much the potential of the situation. You are trying so hard to avoid what you think might be a problem in the future that you just don't do anything. That's one result. You could also start making smaller goals that you think are easier to achieve because you're so afraid of failing at something that you just set your sights a little lower. How do you think that affects your business? Setting smaller goals. Well, that certainly doesn't move you along as quickly as you might hope. Fear of not being enough is a forward-looking fear, fear of what people might think of you, fear of people not liking you, fear of what might happen if you put your whole self out there, especially on the internet. Well, that can result in you branding yourself as something inauthentic, something you're not. So that's a disconnect between yourself and your brand. That could be a result of fear as well. And this last potential effect of forward-looking fear, and this is something I see all the time, is quitting before the success is actually achieved. Quitting before the time period is over during which you can rationally or reasonably expect success. Shortening your timeline so much that you just quit when you don't get the result that you want. This is what we see when people who start out online at zero followers, for example, and they quit when they don't reach 10,000 followers in six months. That is a result of fear, fear that what you're doing is not enough, fear that people don't like it, fear of what might happen if you keep going and it still grows slowly, fear of what people might say if they look at how much work you've been putting in and they see the result that you've been getting. That's all a result of fear. Quitting before you've hit the mark is just fear in action. It has nothing to do with you being good enough or not. Now, if you quit because it's no longer aligned with your goals, that's a totally different story. But if you still want the thing and you quit before you get it, I can guarantee you that fear is the reason. But even if it has the positive effect of acting as a motivator, even if it's that fear of something behind you, but especially if it's that paralyzing sort of fear, fear is not a great way to exist, right? Fear is not awesome. (laughs) So we should try something else. So what do we do about it? Well, let's talk about some general ways to alleviate or to mitigate the effects of fear on our actual businesses. Number one, exposure therapy. What exposure therapy is, is it's controlled exposure to the thing that's making you fearful. And this is used in psychology settings when people have a phobia of something like spiders, something like that. When you experience the fear in a controlled setting and nothing bad happens to you over time, and many of those experiences, you're less and less afraid of that situation. Now that's how it clinically works. Now in the context of your business, it's not necessarily a clinical practice where you're gonna sit in a room and be exposed to risk in your business and then over time it's gonna make you numb to the risk. It's just naturally gonna happen as an entrepreneur because over time, as you take risks in your business because you must take risks, there is not a way out of it. 
you're going to have to at some point, as you do it over and over again, and you come out fine on the other side, you're going to be less risk averse because risks aren't going to be as scary. You're going to know that no matter what the outcome is, even if it turns out not as great as you hoped, you're going to be fine at the end. So you're going to get this sort of natural exposure therapy to taking risks in your business. And over time, it's going to become less scary to you. Another way to avoid your fear is to avoid your triggers. There are certain scenarios that are going to trigger your personal fears and anxieties, and you probably know what they are. If not, you know, speak to a licensed therapist or somebody about this to help identify them, a coach, anyone. If you want to feel less anxiety and fear, you can try avoiding the triggers to the extent possible. I mean, if there's a certain type of situation that you absolutely cannot deal with, for example, sales calls, you can always hire somebody to do that for you. I'm not saying you have to face your fear in every single situation. You can avoid the fear emotion by avoiding the thing that makes you fearful. That's a possibility as well. It's not always possible though, because there's always some unknown and there's always some risk when you're running your own business. And if you try to avoid all of those things, it's the same as being paralyzed. If you're going the route of trying to avoid anything that's risky or anything that's gonna bring up anxiety in your business, you're gonna make the same decisions as if you're feeling the fear. You're gonna end up with the same result if you try to avoid the emotion as if you just went right through it and you don't get to grow that way. So there are things you can't avoid in your business. As the business owner, you can make decisions that allow you to avoid situations that make you uncomfortable. That's totally fine. But you can't always avoid every single situation. If you're finding that you are not feeling fear because you're just maneuvering out of its way when you're running your business, I guarantee you're not growing at the rate that you should be because there's always some unknown. Always. You can't avoid it because you're the one making the decisions and the effects of your decisions are entirely unknown. You can't do this for every single thing. <laughs> you can do it for some things. Again, if you hate sales calls or if you hate sending out cold pitch emails, hire somebody to do that stuff for you. If it's one specific little scenario that you can outsource, go right ahead and then you'll never have to experience that fear again. That's a wonderful thing for everybody involved. But running your own business in general, you're not gonna be able to do this for everything. Another thing that I like to do is to make decisions ahead of time. If you know a certain scary or anxiety-inducing situation is gonna come up, and they will because that's the nature of business, you can make the decision about what you're gonna do ahead of time so that you're not making the decision while you are experiencing the fear. Again, you're gonna make the decision, you're gonna set the parameters for yourself while your fear response is turned off. So you're using your rational brain and then when the situation does come up, you've already made the decision. You don't have to use your fear body to make a decision for that situation. You're not in the situation at the time you've made the decision, so your reaction is not going to be fear-based. You can make the decision ahead of time with the rational brain that you would hope to make the decision with. So where I see this come up, and here's the example I'm gonna use because it's the one that comes up the most often, is when to quit your nine to five. When I'm working with clients, very often they come to me having a nine to five job. And that is totally okay. I understand that finances are a real thing and we can't all just jump into our businesses head first. A lot of times you have to build your business on the side as a side hustle while you are working your nine to five job and that is totally fine. But there comes a point at which you cannot do both anymore. And I always suggest to my clients that they make this decision ahead of time because when the time comes, the fear is going to be real. So here's how you do it. 
you go ahead and, you know, if you're single, you don't have to talk to anybody about this, but if you're married or you're with a serious partner, you sit your partner down and you look at your finances and you say, all right, how much money does my business need to be bringing in? Or how many clients do I need to have in order to quit my nine to five comfortably? When will we be comfortable with that? Write down the exact parameters, this many dollars per month, this many clients, I'm working this many hours. And then when all of those check marks have been checked, that's when you quit. Because here's what happens if you don't do that. If you get to the point where your business is bringing in money over here, but your nine to five is bringing in money over here. And if you're like me, you're a type A person and you haven't died yet, you're gonna go, oh, I could just do both. That's a fear response. That is a decision you're making out of fear, fear of not having that safety net. But if you've made that decision ahead of time, if you've said when these goals are hit, that is when I will make the transition full-time in my business. At that point, that's a rational decision you've made ahead of time. You've talked it out. You've worked through the numbers and you don't really have a choice. Once you get to that point, you've already made the decision. All you have to do is execute. So it's not like you're making the decision at the point where it's going to happen and the fear is going to come up. If you make the decision way ahead of time, your rational brain is still the one making the decision. Your fear response is not active and muddying the waters of when you're actually going to quit your nine to five job. That's where I see this come up the most often, but it's certainly not the only situation where you can use this technique of making the decision ahead of time. Let's say you are kind of nervous about taking speaking events, but it's something you really want to do. You can set parameters for yourself about what sort of events you're going to take. I'll only travel this far. I'll only do it for this amount. I'll only do it for events with this many people, or I'll only do it for these types of events. If you set parameters for yourself and make the decisions ahead of time, it makes the timing of the decision a lot easier because all you have to do is look at the checklist at that point. You never have to make the decision in the moment when you're feeling nervous about something or when you're feeling fear about something, the decision's already made for you. So that's one way that I really like to deal with fear is make the decisions ahead of time. So that way my rational self is the one making the decisions and my fear self is the one that just has to be brave for 10 seconds and pull the trigger on it. But here's my favorite way. And I like this one because if you know me, you know I'm all about using an alter ego. It's the feel the fear, do it anyway, third person perspective. And this starts with knowing that fear is just an indicator rather than an absolute truth. Remember all the way back when we talked about the definition of fear. It's just an emotion, it's not the truth. Fear is an emotion. It doesn't mean that the decision you're about to make is wrong or that you're doomed or that something bad is gonna happen. It's just something that you're feeling in the moment. It can certainly feel like you're doomed, but that's not the truth. And sometimes the truth of a situation is best seen from an outside perspective. And this is where that third person slash alter ego comes in. Pretend your sibling or your best friend is in the exact same situation as you right now. If you're in a situation where you've got to make a decision, you're feeling fear around it, just take a breath, close your eyes and think, okay, it's my best friend or it's my sibling in this same situation. What would you advise them to do if the goal was to get them to make the best business decision? If they said, oh my gosh, help me. I want to grow my business. I want to, whatever your goal is, they have the same goal as you in this situation as well. I want to make the best business decision for me. What do I do? Give advice to that person. What would you advise them to do? And then do that. <laughs> After you've given yourself advice from an outside perspective, it's a lot easier to 
take yourself out of the fear response and do what your rational self would do in that moment. And that is my other favorite way to deal with fear is to pretend it's a third person scenario, breathe, take a second, take yourself out of the situation and pretend you're giving advice to somebody you actually care about and that you want to have a great result. What would you tell them to do? You would probably know that they're experiencing fear and you would say, listen, you got this. You're, you can totally handle this. Here's what I would do. And you would give them the advice. Well, essentially you can tell yourself the same thing inside your head. Just pretend that you're giving advice to somebody you love and then do what you would tell them to do. So now that we've talked all about fear in general, what it is, what it does to our bodies, how it affects our business decision-making and a few ways in general to deal with it. We are ready for next week because next week we are talking about fear of failure specifically because it's very common and it's one of those fear of what's in front of you things that it's a preventative fear that keeps you from acting and it's something that's so common with entrepreneurship and we have to address it because failure is another one of those things that we need to understand before we can actually make decisions based on the fear of it. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you guys are watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode or any of the other videos that I post throughout the week. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to leave us a review if you can. Again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Bye.